0: Hey, it's Wednesday. You know what time it is. It's FRPC, and we're on the air, and uh, we got a lot to get to. Uh, my apologies for Monday. Um, I had some personal issues go on that I needed to uh, take care of, and uh, we are now getting to the podcast now. But you will still have two podcasts this week, guaranteed. Um, We're going to go over the in-season tournament. We're going to go over some of the things that happened. We're going to talk about um, one thing that's been kind of trending on social media, which we all knew was going to happen, and I'm going to get into that in a second. Um, And There's a couple of little trade rumors, so you know where we're going with this, and a couple of little, little stats that I want to kind of hip people to if you're not already hip to it. But... Uh, The one other thing that I want to talk about. Little behind the scenes. Let me tell you something. It is very hard to get a Canadian. An Australian. An American. All on the same page. Um, We're still efforting to get that together. Uh, The guys are still on board. uh, Nico Minotello and Dane Blackburn. Um, We are just now in a situation of trying to get time zones together and get some cohesion so bear with us it is coming um i might have jumped the gun in the sense of saying that maybe they were coming a little bit earlier that's my fault so uh, my bad on that and uh but we're efforting and they're coming soon that's what i can tell you i can't give you exact dates but i can tell you they're coming soon all right With that out the way, let's talk a little basketball. But before we kind of get it, we're going to talk basketball and talk about how people are dealing with these things that happen. All right. And what I mean by that is the Los Angeles Lakers win the in-season tournament. Right. Uh, We'll get into the performances and, and, and whatnot. But as soon as they won it, you heard, oh it's a nothing it's a nothing deal it's this is that now in the grand scheme of things the only thing that matters is the larry o'brien trophy at the end of the day right this is something that adam silver wanted to drum up more competitiveness early in the season more interest from the casual fan and i think all those things were achieved but it's funny how the week leading up to the finals in the in-season tournament, it was the coronation of Tyrese Halliburton and what a stage this is and, and all these things. And it was. All those things were still true. But as soon as the Indiana Pacers got drugged by the Lakers... Oh, it was like, well, you know, it doesn't mean anything. Um, it's a worthless uh, championship, you know. Uh, you know, LeBron can have this, but we know who the real championship contenders are. And listen, <clears throat> if you listen to this pod before, you know that I'm not super pro LeBron but I'm also not super negative LeBron my thing my my take on LeBron is this and we're just talking about the team it's gonna be really hard for me to to now he is proving me wrong every single day but it's hard for me as I've seen over the last four or five years with him in a laker uniform, that he is going to hold up. And if he's going to be your number one guy. And he's going to miss time. Along with AD. Who's also this year been pretty healthy. And not miss games. And look at what the what the record is for the Lakers this year. This team. You know. This team will go as far as they will take them. And I had questions about that. Now I'm a Laker fan. I go way back. We talked about it on this pod at nauseum. But check out the archive pods. I think I'm pretty fair when it comes to LeBron, what he can, what he can't do, whatever. But when we talk about just the greatness of him, people talked about it. He did this for the league. He did this for the brand. He did this for the marketing. He did this for the TV rights that they can now sell the in-season tournament to whomever, right? He did all this. He cared about something that was completely innocuous. We didn't know anything about it. We didn't understand the point system, the courts, all this. But because he cared, we cared. And, again, I bring everyone's attention, even mine. I'll tell you right now, I had... I had New Orleans and the Pacers in the in-season tournament final. I didn't think that LeBron would care this much, one, so I was wrong there. Thank you, LeBron, for proving me wrong again. Um, and I just thought that the energy level of the young teams, they the Lakers would not be able to match that. Wrong again. <laughs> they did that, too. But I still want to try to convey the message of what we're seeing from LeBron right now is just very unimaginable. And I think once people are able to take a step back and and know that at the age of 38, about to be 39 in like a couple weeks, this dude is still dominating. Like, Michael wasn't doing that. Okay? Michael wasn't doing that. Kareem, he was a role player by the time he got to his 20th season. Now, this dude is carrying a team. Now, he has help with AD and Austin playing, um, now, seemingly consistent. But, Make no mistake about it. If you look at the on-off numbers with LeBron on the court and LeBron off the court, it's significant. They're so much better with LeBron on the court, and they're terrible without him. They're going to have to fix that if they think they're going to really make a championship run. But I go to say all that to say this, is that we don't appreciate the man for what what he is actually doing for the league, what he's doing for basketball as a whole, and also... Let's give them its flowers, man. Like, again, in the grand scheme of things, does an in-season tournament matter for anything? It matters to, like, the kids who are, like, on their rookie deals, the you know, the two-way contract dudes, you know, the one-year veteran minimal dudes. This is a nice little payday for them, right? It matters to the league because... We drummed up interest in in the middle of December when we should all be talking about our fantasy football teams, right? So all these things, and as soon as the Lakers win, we got to trounce the tournament. We got to say, oh, this is, it doesn't mean anything. Okay, they did play a hot team. Tyrese Halliburton was absolutely on fire. And now we'll get into it. We'll get into what the pot was, but I wanted to talk about that first. Um, What we did see in this this tournament is the definition of compete level, right? The display that AD had in his huge performance. And then angered by a 38-year-old LeBron... Uh, who's ready for the challenge of of one Tyrese Halliburton, right? Because we were on this kid last week. And I'm still on this kid. Amazing performance, by the way. Under duress. I mean, if you saw that trap that Cam Reddish and AD put on him, where it looked like he almost, it looked like Tyrese almost fell into a hole or something. It was crazy. But... That's what I'm talking about, is that he played well the whole tournament, got to this game, and he was the only one that showed up, scored like 20, I think he had 11 assists. But their aggression on defense was tangible. I mean, it was really something to behold. 41 points, 20 rebounds, four blocks from AD. Uh you know the numbers, but this was the sort of ferocity that was shown by Davis that it changes my my POV of what I think this team could be. Here's the thing. I still have the concerns of injury, but you know, like I've been told by many friends of mine you can't predict injuries, so I don't know why you're all downtrodden on this team. But, you know, there, I see a history. But if I'm just looking at what it is right now and how it is, it's one of those situations where you're at a point if this is what AD is going to be i got to i got to reevaluate what i think the lakers could be you know um and i'll be more than happy to say i was wrong you know i had them like 7th like play in whatever but if they're going to get consistent play like this from AD and listen he's not going to give you you know 40 and 20 i mean that's ridiculous but if ad is going to hover around hover around that that 26 and and like 10 and 11 and you can constantly count on that that's a game changer for the lakers that's a game changer uh for the league um i still think boston and denver are cut above Don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here saying now the Lakers have, you know, risen to the top of the board. Not at all. But they might be in that second tier, like if, you know, my belief in the Philadelphia 76ers, um, you know, what I think of Minnesota, Phoenix, Steel, Punchers, Chance, it's those teams that I want to talk about. Um... Okay. I want to I want to parse this out. So when I talk about this, I want to be critical, but I also want to be fair. We're going to talk about Zion one more time. Here's the thing. The other night, Zion dropped 36 after the performance thurs- Thursday. Against the Lakers, where he looked completely disinterested. Um, he looked like he definitely out of shape. There was a lot of comments, and um, there were a lot of uh, people who who really came down on him. Um, the The Wolves are out, So to speak. If you want to, if you want to talk about it that way, right? You got now reporters That are saying from team sources who weren't talking before about, you know, his conditioning and what the team has actually said to him. And it's seemed to fall in on deaf ears. Here's the one thing. And I think Doc Rivers said it best. I would never give up on the talent. Man, that talent is very, very tantalizing. But I'm gonna say this to Zion, and and I, and I, I hope it, it it sounds respectful. My guy, you dropped that 36. It it didn't make any difference about that performance that you showed on on a national stage, my man. You know, you don't get a ton of opportunities in New Orleans to. Uh, to be on center stage like that. So far be it for me to go ahead and say, okay, your, your bounce back game, your bounce back game was, um, you know, this is you, right? It's all the same things. It's, it's, it's your habits. Right, are you, because here's the deal. Do you want to be the best or not? Because that's what it comes down to. You have all the physical gifts. Albeit the habits aren't exactly where they need to be. The power, the burst, the touch around the rim. You know, you're going to have games where you go 13 or 17. You're just that physically gifted that that can happen. but until you decide that you want you want more of the NBA rather than the NBA lifestyle has to offer until you make that choice, we're gonna still be here. We're going to still be wondering what what you could be. It's all going to be theoretical. It's all going to be conceptual. And really, at at this point, I almost don't want to talk about it unless it's like, okay, we got to talk about what what you're doing, either good or bad. But I don't want to talk about this particular thing. But I don't think that New Orleans gets to the upper echelon until Zion decides to take his take his game seriously and take him himself seriously. And I hope that does happen. Because in a selfish way I just want I want us to be able to, to experience and enjoy what Zion could fully be. And then for him, I want I want him to be able to reach that zenith you know Listen, nobody we we can't sit here and think that everybody's going to have LeBron's career or Kobe's career or, or whoever whoever you think is one of the greatest players to ever do it, right? But I would love for that kid to have a good 10 years and then we can kind of go, "Damn, man, I, you know, that that was nice." You know, that was nice. We look at Tracy McGrady's career and yeah, there's some holes in it, there's some um you know, there's some what could have been's or or whatever. Well, you know what we don't do. We don't ever go. Oh, Tracy is trash. No, we go that. <clears throat> we go that boy could cook. You know, uh, when we talk about Allen Iverson, that's the ultimate dude who left it all on the court. You know, and now we have Zion and we're just waiting and that's what it is man it's it's not like we're down on you and we just want to you know trash talk you it's not that at all we actually are jealous maybe of you um jealous of your god-given abilities and we just would like selfishly to see them all come to fruition and uh You know, it just doesn't seem like right now that's the case. So, um, moving on. (laughs) A team that looks like they're a little bit ahead of schedule. The Orlando Magic. Uh, We need to give it up for them. They're like uh, 17-7. They are third in defensive rating at. 108.8 the two teams ahead of them are the timberwolves and the houston rockets at 106.9 and 108.2 these numbers from were from a couple days ago so they might have changed a little bit but you get the vibe right um but a team that is anchored by second year paulo gancaro and third year franz wagner um and they've been missing Wendell Carter and they also been missing Markel Foltz. They've had a ton of injuries. It, and and their oh, here's the other thing. Their net rating is five point one, which ranks fifth in the NBA. So there's your numbers. Want to make sure you get those out. We are a numbers podcast a little bit. Another guy who's been playing well and it really warms my heart because I was on him on drafts. It's not about me being right. It's just I, I, I want the player because he plays so hard. I want him to be successful, and that is uh, Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs is uh, starting to find his game, um, and now all the intangibles can now be on full display. Just by shooting 37.1% from three-point land opens up a myriad of of possibilities with him. But the one thing that you get to see all the time is 50-50 balls, active defensive hands. He's averaging 1.8 steals a game, which is third in the league at this point. So he's a dogged defender. And he's a connective piece. It's all the things that I saw like, with Jalen Suggs at Gonzaga. All the things that I loved about him at Gonzaga. Now, I never said he was gonna be a star. I always thought this is what he could be. He I thought this was the type he was gonna be a really good player on a on a on a team that could be successful. Hold on for one second. I just noticed I lost a light. Sure. Sorry for the little sounds that just popped off. So um so Jalen has really, really stepped up his game. It's been nice to see. Um here's the other thing. All of what they're doing is pretty sustainable. They really haven't even shot the ball well from outside yet you know, Jalen Suggs is shooting it, well, they could use another shooter, um, but they're, they're, they're having so much fun, um, I think Cole Anthony talked about it on, um, the Zach Lowe podcast, um, how they're having so much fun, and actually, as we're talking about it, Goga Batate and Cole Anthony have become, like, best friends, like, uh, uh Bobby and Toby back in the day. So the romance is real. <laughs> and Cole Anthony has absolutely impressed me. Um now here's the funny part. By his own admission, Cole said that he didn't embrace the bench role last season. Um because he, he still believes that he's a start. He said even to this day. Um but now that he's fully embraced the six man role, his play, his numbers, everything has him screaming up the charts as six man of the year. He's shooting almost 46% from the field, 37% from three, 84% uh, from free throw. He's averaging 4.5 rebounds a game, which is awesome. Especially off the bench for like a 20, 22 minute a game player. He just gives them some sort of juice that. Like I said, when you see Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs, you know, and you surround them with Paulo and, 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 and Franz. It just it gives them a juice. It gives them a, just a punch that I don't know. It's it seems like it's organic and it just kind of builds and builds and builds and builds. And I think that's why they're all playing, you know, over above their heads in defense and things of that nature. And the one thing that I think um, some people who are very very smart have talked about. I think Ryan Rosillo has mentioned this on his pod. I think uh, Bill Bill Simmons might have mentioned it on his pod. I think Zach also might have mentioned it. But it's positional length that is also critical. Yes, you can have the center who's 6'11", but if your guards are 6'2", and they don't have the wingspan, or whatever case may be, it's going to be hard to defend. But when you're starting out and you're looking at a team, right, where the smallest guy on the court is like 6'4", 6'5", Jalen Suggs is the smallest guy on the court, right? You know, Anthony Black has been playing. You got Franz at 6'9", 6'10". You got Paulo at 6'10", 6'11". You know, when Wendell Carter gets back, you got him. Goga Batate is like 6'11". Shout out to Gogo Batate. That dude got let go by Indiana. Remember, he was supposed to be like a stretch five. He recreates his game. He's kind of like a bruising center who just like eats up rebounds and stuff like that. And provides good backup minutes. Right now he's doing it in a starting role, but good, good for Goga to carve out a little role in the NBA. <clears throat> so, now that leads us to a segment that I want to call "Front Runner Whispers. and "Front Runner Whispers is brought to you by hashtag Boom Baby. Because we're going to get into a couple things that I've heard. Um, things that have been recorded. Um, and maybe I can show a little light. Maybe I can't. We'll see. Beach reports, Eric Beeston and the athletic Sean Sharania have reported that there is heavy interest in the Raptors. OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam for the Indiana Pacers. Now, Atlanta's also involved, Sacramento's also involved, so they're not the only team. Um but there are, there are a couple shadow teams involved as well. Um not at liberty to talk about that, but they're looking at the Raptors wing big wing market. Okay? So Pacers fans, I have a question for you. And before I ask it, I want to get the notes that I have from who I talked to. Actually, Nico has some thoughts on this. So I went to a bunch of places, but I do have some notes. So I was speaking to um, an Eastern Conference front office person. Not like the head person, but somebody in the front office. And we were talking about, you know, do what do you think of, you know, you know, some of these trade rumors and whatever. And we start talking about Indiana, and then he said, "Do you think OG or Pat? He, it was more OG." He was like, "Do you think that really pushes them to like the upper echelon? Like, when you make a trade like this, you know, it kind of signals something, right? It's supposed to signal like we're we're doing something, right?" And he says, "Is this the move that does it?" Now, Nico chimes in, and he says, grabbing a player um, when it's difficult to bring in free agents in Indiana, which I agree, to get a defensive wing who can provide offensive punch in Siakam and or in uh, Ananobi would be great if you can pay, and this was his caveat, if you can pay... Number three type trade price, so you can get OG Ananobi on a on a number three type. You not Pascal Siakam, but OG Ananobi. If you can get him on a third, the third person in your rotation deal, like you're not giving up five first round draft picks for OG Ananobi or three or whatever, you shouldn't give up. You should give up, like, one and maybe, like, a second one that's, like, phony, basically. But, um, is that something that Indiana should do? Now, here's my question. This was my thought. Do you have to do anything? Now, yeah, we saw something in that East season tournament that, you know, you need one more guy, right? Um... I just like what they're building right now. And I think if you brought in a new guy, it would change the whole dynamic. You know, would Bruce Brown even be there? Uh, Would it, would it stunt the growth of Matherin? You know, do you care? Uh, You haven't even seen Jairus Walker yet, really, unless you watch a lot of Indiana Pacers G League games. Um, I don't know. I don't know if this is the time to pounce, but I also know this. Take Dallas. Take Dallas, and that's the cautionary tale, right? They went in on a guy, and it wasn't the right guy. Sometimes you don't go in on a guy like, let's say, Memphis, right? You know, we've been talking about Memphis for three years about being an up-and-coming team. And now they've been devastated by injury. Uh, They have a player that's about to come back very, very soon. But they got off to a terrible start. You know, and, you know, I don't know if they can bounce back from it. I hope they can, but who knows, right? Who, Who knows? But that window in catching... The right guy at the right time in that window is the hardest thing to do in the NBA. So I can't kill the Pacers if they do jump on something. But I would caution that you want to pump the brakes and see what's really out there. And maybe you got to use this season as a filling out process. And then you have a clear picture of what you need in the offseason and you go out and get it. But whatever the Pacers do right now, the one thing we know about them is that they're super exciting. They're super fun to watch. And I can't get enough of Tyrese Halliburton. And that's all we need to say about that. A couple other little rumors that are out there. The Clippers' big wing, PJ Tucker, is not happy with his role currently with the Clippers. Per story for uh, clutchpoints.com, uh, Tomar Azarli. Says that Tucker's desire to be more impactful, uh, impactful piece to a winning team. He says, "I still feel like I have a lot to uh, contribute to a team that uh, to to be able to win." He said, "Whether it's here or somewhere else." All right. So those are the words of PJ Tucker. Now here's the deal: <laughs> What is anybody going to give up for PJ Tucker at this point? That's a buyout candidate. And, you know, a lot of teams would have interest at that point. But I don't see, you know, somebody even giving up like a a second round pick for T.J. Tucker, you know, no disrespect, but he's like 38 years old and he's very niche, you know, he's very niche. So that I mean, I, I brought it up, but as a news item, but I was like. Okay, you want <clears throat> you want to be traded because you're out of the rotation right now. All right. And maybe you can help a good team. But we're not giving up assets for you. Had to take a sip of coffee. Um, yeah, so yeah, buyout candidate for sure, but other than that, I can't see anything going on. Um Bulls wing DeMar DeRozan would like to be traded if the contract extension is not met. Now, <clears throat> DeMar DeRozan uh, would would be a piece out there. Uh, he would garner a lot of interest from a lot of teams. He said his druthers, though, he would prefer to go to either New York or New York. The Miami Heat, the Ringer Kevin O'Connor alluded to a couple other teams: the Lakers, the Warriors, and the Maps. Now, I'm going to give you my take on on this. Okay, understand what Demar Derozan's desire is, and you know um, he's played a long time in this league. I don't know if he has the the gravitas to be able to pull that off to say, I want to go here and, and kind of go there. But the teams where he makes a lot of sense on uh, Miami, definitely. I don't see the New York thing. And I know New York wants a star, but this is not I don't think this is the guy for you. Do I think he could fit somewhat, but he doesn't provide spacing that you would need. In Miami, uh, provided what you have to give up, if you can keep Hero, um, and with Hockess shooting the percentage that he is shooting, you know you could do something there. Now I don't know what would be the package that Miami would have. You know would have to give. You know I don't know if it would involve just basically. A lot of picks and, and maybe some salary dump. But if that's something that they could do, they could definitely use it. Another team that I thought of that would that would be kind of interesting is like the Warriors to me, the Lakers, the Knicks, those teams to me, I, I don't I don't particularly see it. But the Mavs make a lot of sense, you know. Uh, another kind of level scorer, you know, if Doncic uh, shooting is going to be what it's going to be because he's shooting lights out this year. uh, Kyrie can shoot it. Uh, They got some guys on the wing that can shoot it. Grant Williams can shoot it. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. and them can shoot it. But, yeah, DeMar DeRozan on Dallas being able to kind of give their offense some diversification, that would be great. So, to me, the Mavs and the Heat, if you're talking about some teams that people already thrown out there, those two teams, to me, would be head and shoulders above the rest. And I think either way, he would be in a really great spot because you wouldn't have to carry the load either way. You, you can just be at peace. And in his stage of, of his career, I think he's he's punching above his weight right now. Um, how can I put this? DeMar DeRozan is an, an incredible player. Um, I think he would provide excellent quality depth to, to any team trying to make a playoff push. But... He might be better suited like a th- as a third option right now, you know, or a super six man coming off the bench, but playing like 30 minutes or whatever. That would be the role that I would have DeMar DeRozan in. Not, hey, you're the number one guy and go get us a bucket. Now he can do that. Definitely. But I think that if you could put him in a more secondary or even tertiary role, I think he would be uh, box office for the team who got him. And I think it would pay dividends uh, with the playoff push. All right, <clears throat> let's get into this. Detroit Pistons supposedly want a ton for veteran big wing Boyan Bogdanovich. Why is this? <laughs> By the way, they don't want to get rid of Boyan Bogdanovich for like you know just nothing. And I understand that part, right? I get that. But asking a ton, you're two and twenty. Alright? Like you're you're not good. By the way, you have a glut. In your big department. Like you got Marvin Bagley Jr. out here, which is crazy. You got okay, so you got Marvin Bagley Jr., you got Jalen Doran, who right now can't stay healthy because he keeps turning his ankle, and you got James Wiseman, which for for the life of me I don't understand. Like you got way too many bigs for the lack of shooting you have. It's not like everybody else is a marksman. Let's go over some of these numbers. Jay Nivey, uh, thirty thirty point five percent from three. K Cunningham, thirty-three point six from three. Oshora Thompson, which we knew we knew from the jump. Wasn't a a good three-point shooter. 14.6 from three, right? But your your bigs, they don't shoot well either. Like, Isaiah Stewart doesn't shoot enough to constitute people really guarding him out there on the three. So they disrespect him. So we're going to pack the paint. So now half of Cade's game is gone. He can't drive to the hole and then assess the defense and then kick it and spray it out to one of his three point players, uh, three point shooters. <coughs> Excuse me. But the team is terribly constructed, It's absolutely abominable, and you're telling me that you want to hold on to Bojan Bogdanovich for this huge asking price. Bro, let me tell you something. The other Bogdan Bogdanovich is is gonna get traded, and and we're gonna see other people traded. Hell, we might even see Toronto Raptors get traded this year. And you're holding on to Boyan Bogdanovich at two and twenty when you need shooting desperately. If if Utah or whoever or whoever wants uh. I'm not reporting that, by the way. I'm just throwing out team names. No, it's going to be like one of the top end people. But if they got a sharpshooter, man, you got to take it. You got to take it off their hands. Because what you got right now definitely is not working. And by the way, um, I'm not a big proponent on pull the plug. But my whole thing is this is that if you believe that Cade Cunningham is the guy or you think Ivy's the guy or whatever the case may be, if you think you have one of those guys, I'm looking to trade the other one. So, like, I like K. I'm just going to be front-facing right now. I'm not saying I don't like Ivy, but if I was if I was a general manager of a team, especially Detroit Pistons, I'd be like, okay, we got to salvage Kate. Let's do what we can to salvage him. Okay, so what do we need to do? We need to get some shooting. All right, we we made a mistake on, on the Ivy. Let's see if we can, you know, package him with, like, you know, Bogdanovich and get, like, some shooting and some picks back. You know, shooting and picks. I'm not even caring about defense right now, which we can talk about that. But, If you can get a, a a wing that can shoot, a a, a, a decent sized guard, six foot three, six foot four guard that can shoot, that's in your age situation, like an Anthony Simons in in Detroit would be absolutely spectacular. Now, Portland has no need for Boyan Bogdanovich or whatever. Maybe that's a spinoff deal. I don't know, but. The key word for the Detroit Pistons is shooting. That's the word of the day. Um, so we talked about Detroit. We talked about them. We talked about their their unwillingness to want to uh, trade anybody. Um, there are a couple other things that we need to get to. A couple of little numbers that I want to throw out there, especially for my fantasy people and also just some cool little stats. Um, this was per stat Williams on X. That's at stat. Williams next Mitchell Robinson has a hundred and four defensive rebounds and 112 offensive rebounds. He's the only player this season to record more offensive rebounds than defensive rebounds with a uh, 50 plus rebounds. Um, that's that's such an incredible stat, man. That means he's just getting it. That means he's just aggressive, and he's just going after it. Now, also, that also means that he misses a lot of bunnies, and then he gets his rebound, and then he misses another bunny, and then, then he finally puts it back in. So Mitchell Robinson has gone to the Moses Malone school of Padding no i'm just kidding but he's going gone he's definitely getting his remounts the other one that i want to leave you with and this is some love for our our people in okc 52.1 percent is what casein wallace is shooting from three-point land now i'm gonna say two things We have not talked about the Josh Giddy thing here really at all. And all I'm going to say is this, is that I don't know. I know about the alleged situation. Uh, I have no knowledge of what actually happened or whatever. This is what I'll say from afar. Absolutely. This is affecting his performance. And if, I was OKC. Okay, I might take him off the court. Right? Just we irregardless to whether he's guilty, not guilty, whatever the case may be. There's he is just not built to deal with this and then try to play basketball right now. Uh he's not he doesn't look great. He's not shooting the ball from three. That wasn't his strong suit uh from the beginning. But you know, it just might be something to to, to, to think about. Okay, see, but let's celebrate Casey Wallace real quick. Um, when he was coming out in the draft, and this is another thing we're, we're trying to get to here. Um, and this is, I'm giving you a, a definite, just, hey, Mia Copa. I wanted to put him, like, higher in my on my draft court. I think at the end of it, I think I had an 10th or eleven? not 100% sure, but it's in the archive pods. Go back, go back to the draft pods, they're there. But I remember thinking about looking at a couple other players, and I was like, you know what? Um, I think I want to move Cason up, and I just didn't pull the trigger. Should have pulled the trigger, should have pulled the trigger it actually has helped me with my draft process this year. Like as I'm starting to get in and, and look at tape and people send me clips of people, or whatever um, it's really starting to crystallize my draft process. Now I think you always are self scouting after there, you know, even as we go along now, even on draft class, like two, three years ago, it's people we missed, it's people that we got right, whatever. But at the end of the day, you're always looking for certain little things that kind of s- say to you, okay, this is going to work, or this This is going to matter. Or you're always looking around the edges to get maybe a little more information that maybe gives you a, a, a more panoramic view of the, of the guy so you might be able to say, I think I can go ahead and put my name on this guy. Right, And I think what I saw with Kaysen last year and I see this year. He just has a feel for the game. He understands his role when Giddy's in there. He understands his role when Giddy's not in there. He understands that he, for him to be on the court, he has to shoot the three and play defense. He does all that. Is there more to his game? Yeah. I think he could actually run this team. I don't think he would because Shea has the ball. in his hands a lot, Giddy does, but, you know, that all could be worked out. But if he, he is going, he might be the closest, like the young, young, think about young. Okay. He might be our new, like Drew Holiday. You know, maybe even bet me maybe uptick offensively, Drew Holiday, but maybe he might be able to grow into the defensive world too. Because he's relentless, he's he has the tenacity for it. Um, he doesn't mind being physical or people being physical with him. So I wanted to shout out our guy, Casey Wallace. Uh, From Kentucky and now with the OKC Thunder shout out to our 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 hashtag Thunder up fam out there And that should do it for the pod today Um, Again, I want to thank all you guys for being patient with us and being patient with me Um, we were not expecting that we were gonna have this issue Uh again, and I again, I do promise a second pod you will have it uh if not tomorrow, it will be Friday, I will make sure of it, and then, again, getting back to the Nico and Dane thing, we, they will be on, we are working on it, but again, it's Australia, Canada, and Southern California, so sometimes it all doesn't all work out exactly the way you want it to, but We will get it to work. We will get it to work. Alright, so with that being said, you guys enjoy the hoops. Uh, I will see you within the next couple days. You will definitely have a second pod, I promise. And again, thank you again for hanging out with us. Oh, socials. I forgot about the socials. Dang it. Okay. We got to get way more professional on this pod, but... On X Front Runner PC or at Nico FR PC. We also, I'm going to announce something on the next pod. And I want you guys to, to get on this and whatever. I think it's going to be funny. I think it's going to be cute. And I think everybody's going to like it. So uh, I'll announce it on the next pod. Y'all be cool. And I will see you. Down the road.